The following podcast is brought to you by Northern Graphite. Enjoy. This is the Commodity Culture Podcast, where we interview prominent investors, fund managers, analysts, and company CEOs to give you an edge when it comes to investing in the commodity space. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Commodity Culture, where we break down the commodity space for both new and experienced investors. My name is Jesse Day. Before we dive in, standard disclaimer, nothing here is investment advice. Do your own due diligence. And today's guest is the CEO of Northern Graphite, a company focused on becoming a world leader in producing natural graphite. Hugh Jackman, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, excited to have you on Graphite, a commodity that is not often discussed, and I'd like to see more discussions about it. So let's start off with a broad overview of the graphite space. Talk to us about the main uses for graphite and why it's a commodity that investors should be paying attention to. Yeah, it's a very good question. You know, graphite is um, is a critical mineral. Uh, it is uh, today, you know, the largest uh, mineral uh content in the lithium-ion battery. In fact, you couldn't have a lithium-ion battery if you didn't have graphite. Uh, it plays the role of storage uh, of the uh, lithium ions into the battery. Uh, there are two types of graphite that you can uh, basically use for that. One is uh, natural graphite, which is what we produce. Natural graphite is uh, is uh, uh, one of two main carbon elements available out there, uh, one being diamonds and, and the other one being uh, graphite. Uh, it was formed millions of years ago uh, through the plate movement. And uh, basically it's uh, the bed of a river that uh, has organic materials. And because of a very high pressure and temperature while the plates were moving, uh, the bed of the river was then transformed into a graphite vein. Uh, what's really important to know about graphite is that you can have amorphous or crystalline graphite. And uh, we produce the crystalline graphite. That's, let's say, the, the, the more uh, precious element out there. And uh, it is the one that works in the battery. You know, the amorphous graphite wouldn't work in the battery because the crystallinity of the material is what defines its capacity to store lithium ions. Um, now, graphite's been around for a long time. You know, you, you probably uh, have it if you have a pencil on your desk. You know, it's made of graphite. Uh, but uh, it's also used in a lot of different applications. We're talking about uh, refractories. Uh, we're talking about electronics, automotive, where... You know, most brake pads will have graphite in it, and, and so will most lubricants that are being used in your engine today would have graphite in it. So, you know, graphite's been around a long time, and um, the way it's mined is uh, basically um, uh, an open open pit process. So, you know, we we identify the, um, the deposit by doing some drilling, and then once the uh, deposit is identified, you build a pit, it's an open pit, and you, you basically blast out the rocks and you sort out between the rocks that contain graphite and the rocks that don't. You run it through a very simple flotation process, only using water. Uh, and what you do is you, you try to extract the flakes out of the rock because that's what you want. You want to use the flakes. Uh, and the flakes, you know, will come, uh, in a certain percentage between two and eight percent of the rock itself. 
so, you know, for example, we, we will mine, um, uh, about a thousand tons of rocks every day to produce about 60 tons of graphite in our mine in Lactazio. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic material. You know, it's, um, it's what, uh, it, it's a very unique element. Uh, today, may, a lot of people talk about graphene or graphene is a single flake of graphite, right? So, uh, when we mine it out of the ground, uh, the flakes that we mine usually are 300 layers. And, and so if you look at these layers, uh, you can imagine that basically, uh, uh, 300 of those single layers of graphene make up one flake of graphite. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's very light material. It's, uh, it's about when it comes out of a processing plant is between 95 and 97% pure. In order to use it in the battery, you have to further process it though. You have to, you have to basically mill it down to a smaller size, about 10 micron. It's between 40 and 200 micron when it comes out of the mine. And then you have to give it a shape. <clears throat> and then once you've given it a shape, uh, because you want it to be round as you, as you uh, create your elect uh, electrode uh, in the battery. Uh, once you've given it that rounded shape, then you want to purify it. Uh, and, and then you want to coat it because if you put it in the battery without a coated, uh, a coating on it, uh, the, the electrolyte will attack the graphite and therefore you will lose some of the capacity of the graphite. And therefore it's really important to, uh, to build this carbonous layer on top of the graphite before you put it into, uh, before you put it into the battery itself. And now there's not so much graphite available around the world. Um, it's quite interesting, you know, the, the movement of the plates actually uh, define where the graphite is. Today you will find graphite mostly in Brazil, uh, Canada, Southern Africa, uh, and, uh, and then Russia, and then China. Uh, and that's pretty much where most of the graphite mines are. We are the only producer in North America, so there is no other graphite mines in operation in uh, North America. And today, most of the graphite is produced in China. Uh, I would say 60% of the graphite mine around the world comes from China, and I would say 90% of the battery anode material made with natural graphite also comes from China. That's a great summary. I'd like to hear more about the supply-demand fundamentals for graphite, the projections for graphite demand and production deficits going out to 2030 are quite massive. So could you walk us through those numbers? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, what's quite interesting uh, with graphite is that until the advent of the lithium-ion industry, uh, the entire market was about a million tons a year. Um, and then if you look at that uh, distribution of material, you know, it's kind of like a pyramid. At the bottom, you've got this amorphous graphite, which we talked about before, which is mostly used as a carbon razor in steel manufacturing. But then as you go up the pyramid, you know, you go into the more sophisticated applications. Uh, like I said, you know, refractories, brake pads, powder metallurgy, lubricants, uh, some electronics. Um, and basically, you know, when the lithium-ion battery started to become, uh, let's say, more common, uh, that was back in 2014, so it's not so long ago, about 10 years, you know, the entire lithium-ion battery industry 
uh, was about a two gigawatt uh, on an annual basis. And if you look at a battery, you know, every kilowatt of uh, power will use about uh, a thousand, uh, will, will use about a kilo of, of graphite. So as the lithium ion battery increased, um, and went from two megawatt back in 2014, uh, and today it's over a terawatt. So, you know, the, the exponential demand for graphite really happened and, and the demand went from about a million ton a year to two million ton a year, but most of the million ton additional graphite that was required was a crystalline type. And so, you know, within that pyramid, suddenly there was a lot of pressure on the, on the, the availability of, of the material itself. And China really stepped up to the plate and started developing a lot of their mines to supply that. They also went into the manufacturing of synthetic graphite. And synthetic graphite um, is, is an interesting material because it's made from petroleum coke. Uh, and it's basically graphitized into a furnace, but it's very difficult to replicate the amount of heat and pressure that you would have millions of years ago when the plates were moving. And so the material that you produce synthetically will have some of the properties, but not all of the properties of what you would normally have in the natural graphite, because you can't get the level of crystallinity that you would normally get. And therefore, you know, yes, the Chinese built a lot of capacity of both natural graphite and synthetic graphite. And today, you know, they, they basically cover the world. However, you know, the, the battery industry has forecasted to go from one terawatt to about seven terawatt over the next 10 years. And therefore, you know, you can imagine there's just not enough graphite to go around. Uh, and, and therefore, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the supply chain to create both uh, synthetic graphite and natural graphite capacity. And therefore, you know, uh, we are predicting quite a big uh, shortage and not only us, you know, all the people who follow graphite and there are quite a few nowadays are predicting to have quite a big shortage moving forward. And so it's important to create the capacity as quickly as possible of both the natural graphite and the processing capacity to be able to uh, fulfill the requirement in the battery. Yeah, and obviously the need for domestic production in North America is very important, especially because China is now tightening exports of graphite. You were quoted in, an, in a Reuters article, Reuters article on the matter stating, what China is saying to the West with this decision is that we are not going to help you make electric cars you have to find your own way to do that. So could you break down the details of these export restrictions and what it means for the graphite industry? Yeah, actually, you know, rather than restrictions, they're more controls, you know, what they've published. And it was published last Friday. So it's a very, very new news. Um, and, and basically what, what China has done is they've basically said that uh, in order for a producer of graphite or graphite anode material in China to export those materials, they need to apply for a license from the Chinese government. Um, and so if you think through that, you know, what does that really mean, uh, apply for a license to export the materials? Well, if you look at other types of products, you know, they're basically saying we will reserve most of that capacity for ourselves. And if we have some extra, we may sell it to you. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. And, you know, the Chinese, their main objective is to conquer our automotive industry, right? 
they want to sell cars into Europe and into the North American market. And if you look at what their exports of vehicles were in uh, 2020, it was basically zero. And this year it will be more than 2 million vehicles. So they are really getting, a, getting their capacity up and running in order to conquer the market. And because it's so much easier for them to penetrate market with electric cars, because there are no restrictions on emissions, obviously, uh, which has been, you know, one of the major uh, ways for the European and the North American market to control the import of vehicles into their region. Uh, it's much easier to export electric vehicles than it is to export um, internal combustion engine vehicles. And so what they are really doing is they're, they're pushing very hard uh, to, to build the capacity in China, not only of the batteries or the vehicles themselves, but actually of the materials. And they want to control where that material goes. And they want it to go to Chinese cars rather than European or uh, North American vehicles, right? So obviously the need for domestic production is there. Um, the Canadian government has labeled graphite as a critical mineral what does that mean for graphite production in the country? Yeah, actually, it's not just the Canadian. It's the Canadian, the U.S. government, the European Commission. They've all labeled it as a critical mineral, you know, and, th and that means that it sits on a list of, of uh, minerals that basically are considered uh, to be um, uh, scarce and, and, and critical to the development of the industry as a whole, which gives it a lot of visibility. You know, and, and basically, you know, we've been talking about lithium and we've been talking about nickel a lot uh, in the marketplace and not so much about graphite, but it's becoming more and more in the spotlight, especially after what's happened on Friday. You know, people are really starting to think that graphite is, is, is really important. And it is because no matter what the chemistry and the battery, the graphite is the material that you need to be able to create the capacity that you that that you require. So if you don't have any graphite, you don't have any way to basically intercalate the lithium ion that are coming out of the cathode, which is made up of the lithium and the manganese and the cobalt and the nickel that we all talk about. And so you know graphite is is just as if not more important than those other minerals. Well let's pivot to discussing northern graphite now. So start uh with the overview of the company for those who aren't yet familiar. Yeah, so Northern Graphite, you know, I, I, first of all, let me talk a little bit about myself because I, I have been quite instrumental over the last few few years. So, I, you know, I've been in the industry uh, 10 years. I was uh, CEO of Emery's Graphite and Carbon uh, since 19, uh, 2014. And I have been following this industry since its really inception into the electric vehicle market. And I, I was absolutely fascinated by this material. Uh, I was not really a miner uh, before 2014. I, I got into the mining business because I believed that, you know, natural graphite was the most uh, interesting material uh, in order to fulfill the future demand that would happen in the electric vehicle industry. And uh, a couple of years ago, I met with the CEO of Northern Graphite at the time. His name was Greg Bose. And, uh, you know, he had developed a very nice project in Ontario to produce natural graphite based on the demand of the traditional markets. And the, the mine that he had uh, developed in, in Ontario is called Bissett Creek. 
you know, uh, was now at a stage where the feasibility was done and, and the feasibility study was done and he was looking for funding for that project. And, uh, and so him and I started to talk and, 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 uh, I, I gave him the idea that if we wanted to make Northern Graphites really successful, we had to speed things up because we were already behind the eight ball. And before we could finance the project in Bissett Creek, you know, it would be too late to be able to capture some of the opportunities that were just coming down the pipeline. And so together we fought through a strategy and I approached my ex-employer, Imaris, and I asked them if we could acquire two of their assets, uh, one in Canada and one in Namibia. And because of the situation they were in, they agreed to sell us those assets. And so we then proceeded and started to raise the financing. And in April of last year, we closed the transaction. So we acquired these two assets for 40 million US and we raised about 56 million US in order to, to pay for it and to start development of our project. So today, Northern Graphite is, you know, the only producer of natural graphite in North America because the mine we acquired in, in Lactazil in Quebec is the only producing mine in North America today. Uh, but we also acquired, you know, a very large amount of, of capacity of graphite because if you total up all the projects that we have, uh, you know, we can produce, uh, today uh, 75,000 tons per year. And, and there is enough potential there for us to do additional exploration and take that number of potentially all the way up to 300,000 tons a year. So we have three very interesting deposits, one of them in operation. Uh, in Quebec, another one that will be back in operation at the end of 24, beginning of 25. We're in the process of making that happen. And at the same time, we have been working in the market with technology providers who today produce natural graphite anode material. And by doing so, um, we have uh, planned to build a very large processing facility up in northern Quebec in a place called Baycomo. And uh, our objective is is to have that plant uh, start up in 2026, 2027. And uh, what we want to do is provide the infrastructure so that we can build capacity for up to 200,000 tons of anode material, which will basically power four big gigafactories, right? About 200 megawatt of power. Um, and uh, the way we want to do that is uh, basically uh, Baycomo is uh, is uh, on a deep water port, so it makes it very easy for us to train the material from Canada to Baycomo and process it, or to to take it by ship from our mine in Namibia and bring it over. Uh, we would process the material there, turn it into anode material, and then we would export it uh, to North America through the Saint Lawrence Seaway using the railroads or using the ships to go on the uh, eastern seaboard of, of the United States or across the pond to Europe to supply the uh, the uh, lithium-ion battery manufacturers in, in Europe. So today, you know, we, we, we are very well positioned as a company uh, to be able to supply all of these gigafactories that are being built and, and will start operating in 2026, 2027. You recently announced results of testing on graphite samples from the Lac des Îles mine. Could you talk about those results and the significance of those results for the company? Sure. So, you know, as I said in the beginning, uh, the graphite is is the 
key material in the battery to be able to store the lithium ions. And, and what really defines the performance of the battery is what is the quality of the graphite that you're using because the crystallinity is really important. And, you know, what happens is when you, when you charge a battery, um, the, the role that the graphite plays is that it's basically a layer of carbon atoms, which are like a hexagon. And when you charge the battery, basically you, you attract the lithium ions from the cathode to the anode and each lithium ion gets basically stored within one of those carbon hexagon. Um, and so, you know, the purer the hexagon, the purer the graphite, and the more crystalline the graphite, the better the amount of lithium ions you can store. And so theoretically, you know, uh, the, um, the calculation would tell you that on, on, uh, uh, on the, on paper, you know, graphite can store up to 372 milliamp per gram of graphite. And that has to do with the number of carbon atoms and the number of hexagons you have within that one gram of graphite. And so, you know, we started developing materials with our partner and we produced some recently in, in, uh, in laboratory quantities. And, and we were able to test that material compared to some, uh, materials that were commercially available today from Japan. And, uh, and what we saw is that, you know, we were able to reach 362 milliamp per gram, which is very close to the theoretical number, uh, and, uh, and is, as good as, if not better, than some of the commercially available material. And uh, and then we did a whole bunch of other tests to make sure that the material was performing also in terms of uh, charge and discharge, first charge. I mean, all the, all the technical uh, characteristics that today our potential customers making batteries are asking us. And uh, across the line, you know, the product performed very well. So the significance of that data is that, you know, we've demonstrated that the, the graphite we produce in our mine is able to be transformed into an anode material and performs in the better as in the battery, as well as if not better than some of the more commercial grades available today. Very interesting. I would like to touch on the plans for Northern Graphite moving forward now? What upcoming catalysts and news flow can investors look forward to from the company? Yeah, I always talk about four different types of, four, four catalysts for us. The first one is we, we are doing quite a bit of exploration around our uh, Lac des Eaux mine in Quebec. We just published some data around some drilling that we did uh, over the summer. And, and basically, you know, it looks like there is a lot more mineral for us to be able to mine out of that mine. And so we're, we're now in the process of modeling all that data that came from the drilling. And, uh, uh over the next uh, few weeks, we should be able to come back and define exactly how much of that graphite can be mined and, and used, but it will be significant. So that's, uh, that's an important catalyst for us. The second one, is really around our mine in Namibia. As I said, you know, we are in the process of relocating the facility and uh, we want to get it up and running in uh, at the end of 24, beginning of 25. So we're very focused on that project, the financing of that project. Our PEA we published talks about a total cost of about 35 million US to do the, the, the uh, relocation of the facility and the restart of the plant. 
once that plant will be up and running, it will generate uh, about 32,000 ton per year of, uh, of uh, graphite production. And we'll be able to generate between 20 to 25 million of EBDA on an annual basis. And uh, uh, for us, you know, this is, uh, this is very interesting. The project in the PA talks about a four-year payback. So it's a, it's a very uh, interesting uh, investment. And so that's our second catalyst. Our third catalyst is really around developing our anode business. And so the testing that we talked about, but also the plant that we want to build up in Bekomo, uh, it's really important for us to, uh, to make sure that we start the feasibility study. We've identified the land uh, and reserved it. So we have uh, about 1.2 million square meters of land. We're working with our partners to finalize all our agreements and start the feasibility study as quickly as possible so we can get into production. And then the fourth one is really to uh, seek uh, financial support, you know, from the government, from the banks, from the investors, so that we have a, a path towards financing all these projects, which will require quite a bit of capital moving forward. Well, Hugh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a very enlightening conversation. I, you really know graphite. I, I, I learned a ton. Um, I will put a link in the description to Northern Graphite's website as well as social media. But before I do let you go, do you have any final words you'd like to share about Northern Graphite or the graphite industry as a whole? No, I think, you know, from a graphite industry as a whole, it, it, you know, you need to, to, to pay attention to it because it's going to be big and it's a fantastic material. And whoever is producing graphite, you know, has the potential to really create a lot of, uh, a lot of value uh, for all the stakeholders. It's a fantastic industry. And with what's happened in China, you know, there's a big spotlight on this industry now. And, you know, people need to pay attention to it. From a Northern graphite perspective, I think, you know, we're kind of really went from the back of the queue to the front of the queue, you know. And so we are really uh, advanced in our projects. We are the only producer, as I said before, which gives us a, a very big competitive advantage. We have about 100 people in the company today. We all come from the graphite industry, all people who've worked together many times over the last 10 years. And so we have a lot of knowledge and know-how, and that gives us you know, a lot of opportunity to succeed in our plans and reduce the risk you know, around uh, being able to develop the, these projects. And then last but not least, you know, keep an eye on the electric vehicle industry because, you know, we've now come to a point where it's beyond the tipping point. You know, the industry is going to explode and every battery, every battery will have at least uh, uh, 800 gram to a kilo of graphite for every kilowatt of, uh, of power. And if you think about it, you know, in an average electric vehicle, your battery will have 80 kilowatt hours. So every battery in every vehicle on average will have about 80 kilograms of graphite. And so just think about, you know, how that can be, uh, ramped up when you, when you talk about, uh, you know, millions and millions of these vehicles being sold every year, how much graphite will be required to, to power these vehicles. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us, Hugh, and sharing all your knowledge with our audience. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Commodity Culture is a podcast that covers investing in commodities and natural resources. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe so you are always alerted of the latest episodes.